and welcome to episode 185 of the NFL Scotland podcast. The season might be done, but we are not. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. Big Ben will be in London during this year. He'll be there all year because he's a blooming big clock with a bell inside it. Will Aaron Rodgers be in London? We don't know. The Packers will be, though. All of this and more to come in episode 185, where we're joined by Mr. Packer himself, Charles Patterson, and Gordon McGuinness, as the Ravens have a wee outside chance of landing themselves in London as well. Yes, indeed. So let's let's start with that, guys, because that's the news that's just broken. Uh, we were told it was coming. Scott Hansen on the slopes took time out to speak to his Instagram audience, uh, and he shared with us that there would be announcements today, um, two thirty p.m. local time. We were informed that the teams who would be playing in London as the home teams in twenty twenty two, the Jacksonville Jaguars, we already knew they'd already confirmed it. They returned to Wembley. The New Orleans Saints had been heavily rumoured, um, so I. Didn't necessarily come as a surprise. The Green Bay Packers, though, are coming to town. Uh, and that completes the set. Team 32 off 32. Hot take right away to the very man who will get to see his team play in person for the first time ever. Charles Patterson must be pleased. Uh, that is a hot take if it happens, because I need to find a ticket now. <laughs> <laughs> You're assuming that I'm going to be able to find one. Um I think it's really funny and quite ironic because I have been bleating about the fact that the NFL season has been extended to 17 games. I don't like that because it messes with the equilibrium. But that is the direct reason that this has happened. Because if it, if they hadn't extended the season to 17 games and therefore given every team every two seasons an extra home game, then they would have never done it. Because Lambo, if you want to go and watch a game at Lambo you either need to know somebody quite high up or you need to be a season ticket holder and you can't get a season ticket there for 40 years. And then when the Packers go on the road, every single team in the in the, in the whole of the, in the league wants to host them because of the travelling support that they bring. So the concept of getting them across the Atlantic to London was always going to be a, a tricky one. And the fact that this 17th game now exists allowed them to do it because this year they have got nine home games or eight home games and London. So that's the, that is the reason it's happening. And it's terrific. And I just hope Aaron Rodgers is there to play in the game because it will be a hell of a letdown if it's Jordan Love. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is that that's your, uh, that's your end of season excuse already ready. Oh, the, the Packers actually only got eight home games instead of the nine they were scheduled to get. <laughs> after, no. Do you know the funny thing was is that Adrian Amos tweeted when he realised that the nine home <laughs> game had got lost and said, no, this is terrible. And then he had to quickly follow up by going, actually, it's great. We, we, you know, I'm really looking forward to the trip. So I think that, listen, all the, everyone in Green Bay knows how solid the home advantage is. And I mean, they won every... Domestic, every regular season game there this season albeit they didn't win the one that bloody mattered in the playoffs however their record at Lambeau is formidable so it'll be fascinating to see how they treat a trip across the Atlantic when they do come presumably in October as we're, we're waiting to see the dates now but it's just going to be brilliant to have them in town because they're it's going to it's going to sell like hotcakes Am I right in saying that it is now the rule that it like it's not a conference game so it has to be against an AFC team so it's either against the AFC East or the Titans is that right? Yeah I don't I don't know the technicalities on that does one it, yet. Does it need to be? I think you're right I think you're right I think you're right although there was a couple, there were, there were inter- had, division games very recently weren't yeah, there? Yeah we've had division no, games I, I, I think it's a new rule though oh, Right well if it is a new rule it's the Titans or the Jets isn't it? So and the Jets were here last year uh, so you would Patriots imagine it well. could well Possibly the Packers Patriots would be a huge draw, but I I suspect it could be the Titans, and that would be the two number one seeds from last year who both failed to show up in the playoffs. So that would be that would be tasty. Um, the Titans were in Green Bay a couple of years ago and got spanked. But this the Titans game is the game, the extra game. That is the extra home game. For because the extra home game that kicked in this year, which was the first season of it happening, Green Bay had to go to Kansas City because they weren't scheduled to play Kansas City. But because that was the, the 17th game is a cross conference game, so I suspect that it could well be the Titans, but we're just speculating at this moment in time, I guess. I'm desperately trying to see if this is a rule. I that if that is a rule, that's completely passed me by because it would certainly narrow down the, the possibilities. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, Cameron, if you can veto 
certain games because I mean the Saints are rumored, the Panthers are rumored as as the Saints' potential opponent. Um, so it, you know anything's possible. Can I just say I I think it's fairly crap to announce the home teams and not announce the dates. They've got to have a rough idea of when they're going to be bringing people over. Um, you know, people want to organise travel and all that sort of stuff and pick their games. I think it's pretty naff. I mean, we knew the Saints were coming. We knew the Jags were coming. Yeah, the big announcement is is the Packers. But, you know, we've now got to wait another two months to find out the dates. So that's pretty poor. I think it's, it's part of the issue there, not though, that you're dealing with multiple parties. So, for example, Tottenham Hotspur, who haven't got a fixture list set. All the, I, mean, I, get, I get that all these... Um, all these different leagues and all these different sports are working around each other, but you've also now got the Germans thrown into the mix as well. There are a number of, of factors there. So I have a little bit of sympathy for them to announce it just now and to not announce the actual fixture dates and the other opponents. I get that that's disappointing, but I think that there are a lot of other plates spinning in the air, which probably means that's why they can't do that at the moment. Gordon, you had your hand in the air there. Uh, there's an article from April last year, and it says the new rotational formula will see four of the 16 AFC-NFC matchups moved overseas, uh, United Kingdom, Mexico, potentially Germany, which obviously has happened. So it does appear to be that everything now is going to be So it says four, -conference. but there are five games internationally this year. Yeah, so but, in yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was April last year. Fine. Okay. And the Jag the Jags play away every year anyway, so maybe they don't. Again, here we're totally speculating here, but maybe they don't count as part of that new arrangement. So I would put my house on it being the Titans, but there we go. We'll see. It'd be a belter I, of a game if so it was. I I think if if Germany gets the game they're rumored to get, which is the Chiefs being the team that travel to play the Bucks, wouldn't entirely surprise me if the NFL did try and sweeten it for London a little bit by giving them Patriots Packers. And again, you're talking about ticket and demand. You put the Patriots into the mix with that as well. And my goodness me, you know, the Patriots, definitely one of the most supported teams in the UK. Packers, you know, there's fans there that probably don't currently have a passport that will be now looking at the possibilities of coming to London to see their team play. Um and that'll be, you know, a fascinating opportunity for some of the people from Wisconsin to to travel somewhere they've never been before. And I imagine there'll be a whole load of fans jump on the back of that and try and do it. So, you know, it, you're right, Charles. It's going to be just, a just, hot ticket. It's going to be a on. hot ticket. Blooming coastal elites taking Middle America for granted. Your San Francisco, <laughs> California. Nobody's got passports. Gee whiz. How, that is a hot take. Well, well played, are you, Cameron. What well are you played. implying about the good people of Wisconsin? <laughs> there was no implication there. We know there's a large number of Americans don't have their passport because they don't need to travel. Such yeah. is the well, country they have. You can stay in it and you can go to California if you're as Wisconsin. Yes. Why would you need to come to London? Yes, you Cameron. just go to New York. It would be fine. So, How, However, however, the vast majority of Americans do not own an NFL team, which was 50,000 Packers fans. Yes own a little bit of paper that tells them they own the team. It's true. I'll tell you what, I, that, I you that owner's more... box is going to be busy. You know, you get to the owner's box at, at Tottenham. I mean, how are you going to get 50,000 folk into there? What's the over-under? I want to know what the over-under is on the the people who own a share in the Green Bay Packers also having a passport. 50,000, right? I'm putting the over-under at 18,000. 18,000 of them have a passport. The rest of them don't. So that's if you're If you're listening in the state of Wisconsin, the disclaimer <laughs> here is that we don't know where Cameron lives or where he gets his from. Um, can, can I just say, it actually causes a problem. Because if you get the you know, the Patriots playing the Packers or the Titans playing the Packers. As a Saints fan, I want to see that game. That's the game I might try and go to because that would be an absolute belter. I've seen the Saints play. I've never seen the Packers play. That would be great. So, I think, you know, for the casual fan, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards the Packers game. I think if you're looking for a ticket at Wembley, I'm going to go out on a limb here, you're probably going to get one. Um, but the two games at Tottenham could be quite tough. 
Uh, just to validate my thing one more time, because we're reaching back to articles, uh, article from 2018 that suggests that only 40% of Americans actually have a passport. I'm not... This is me taking cheap shots, right? This is this is based on some whole of the United States is very uproar. So I'm not I'm not just sitting here being a dick. Like it's genuine. I was being genuine, genuinely being genuine. So even if even if that number's accurate though, you're still too low. Where you're over under, you're two thousand too short. Or right, well, yeah, okay, fine. Well, that's why it's an over under, right? You know, it's got to be a leeway. Here's, here's the other thing though. We've got a potential NFL Scotland podcast game. Because the Saints are hosting a game, and if we're right about home and away, then it's the Bengals, the Ravens, or the Raiders, I think, that oh. The rumour is Bengals, though. That's the one that I've heard a lot of people talking about. Well, that would certainly make up for um, the, I, I would say, disappointing reaction to this year's games. If you have Green Bay and the Bengals and the Saints, who are, let's be honest, a draw... And a fascinating draw at that. If you've got all these teams coming to to to, to London, and whether it's the Patriots or the Titans, that's these are juicy teams. These are contending teams, really good teams. The 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 team that just got beaten in the Super Bowl, the AFC champions, coming to London. That's terrific. The the one thing I'd say about that, the rumor of that that I'm surprised about with the Bengals, if it is them, is that would be Burrow going back to Louisiana, and. Given the way the schedule works, they probably don't go back there again for eight years. Yeah, so it's a bit of an interesting. Yeah, I can tell you from you know looking at Saints Twitter and the the New Orleans media and things like that. That is the one game they do not want moved. They do not want that going to London. That is that's going to be a huge, huge game. Um, You know, the Superdome, whoever's sponsoring it next year, and they don't want that moved. That is a homecoming game for for Joe Burrow. They do not want that moved, and I think. That's going to be a tricky one for the Saints. Therefore, I think it'll be the Ravens as a result. Yeah, and the Ravens haven't been here since 2017. They want to come no, the back. Ra- the Ravens have, Ravens have never played in London. The Ravens? Yeah, they've never played in London. Yeah, whatever. I have a you cannot wipe, you cannot wipe that from your... The history book says... I was there! God damn it, I was there. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. I can understand. Even, even the Jags were embarrassed that day. That's how bad it was. <laughs> they were embarrassed. I, I, it's funny, like, that game for me as well was kind of like, I genuinely thought that that was the Jags coming off age thing. I was like, do you know, I've, I saw them get destroyed by the Niners. I saw them get destroyed by the Cowboys. I then saw them get that narrow victory over the Bills in what was a thriller. And then the Ravens came and they absolutely decimated them. I was like, oh, wow. The Jags have really kind of really got into their groove with this. But nah, it was a false dawn. Um, you got to wipe that 44-7 game from the history books by going over to Spurs and winning there and then never having lost at the Spurs Stadium. That's how you rectify that situation. So, yes, the Baltimore... I, I, I would love to see Saints-Ravens. I think that would be a cracker game. I think it would be really, really good. Even seeing Lamar Jackson up against that defense, I think it would be a fascinating combination. So, um, yeah. Would you, here's a question for Paul. Would you rather go and watch the Saints with Jameis at quarterback or go and watch the Jags? See, it's a slightly the loaded fact, question. The fact that that's even a difficult question to answer is incredible. And hang on, hang on. Let, let me answer and then you can take the piss, but at least let me get my answer in first. As I've told this podcast on numerous occasions, the experience in the hospitality of going to Wembley and doing a game there far exceeds the experience of going to the Tottenham Stadium. And as a real snob who goes to hospitality all the time, the Wembley experience is so much better. Uh, I don't than care the about the experience. experience. You, could, you could be on the touchline with the, the cheerleaders for all I care. What I want to know is, would you rather go watch Jameis quarterbacking the Saints or would you rather go watch the Jags? Oh, also, now, now who's the coastal elite? Oh, I'd maybe not go and see my team play because I might get to get a nice wee prawn sandwich in hospitality. Hey, it, it, prawn sandwich, come on, for the money I pay. You're joking. Um, no, I, it, yeah, it's... It, no, I mean, the Wembley's the better experience. That would be the only reason to go to Wembley. The Wembley's a much better experience from, from my perspective. Yes, obviously, I'd like to see my team. I've never seen them lose. Uh, they're going to have a new head coach, you know, new coordinators, possibly a new quarterback. You know, it might not be the best year to run into to a Ravens team. Who knows? But 
Um, the, the other thing that will dictate is my own work schedule as well. So I'm leaving it wide open at the moment. But I have to say, I really hope that Saints-Ravens, I really hope I get to go. And I really hope that Gordon and I will set aside all our differences and have a pint after the game, no matter the result. There you go. If the it, hand, the hand of friendship. See, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't know we had major differences. This is... <laughs> Well, you like the Ravens. I like the Saints. We're not exactly going to sit and cheer well, each I other mean, on, are we? Yeah, I mean, Come on. You, you like the Saints a bit, but not enough to definitely <laughs> sit in hospitality. Um, if, if, just to complete the set as well, if we're talking about this rule, and we're, we, Gordon, if you're wrong on this rule, we've we've burned a good sort of 15 minutes waffling uh, irrelevant good, good, dish. Good, but, good, bit, good bit of banter if I've wasted the first quarter of the podcast and I'm wrong. <laughs> Um, but if you're right, the Jacksonville Jags, just looking at their schedule, there's only two uh, NFC teams that they're due to play at home this season, and that's the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. There had been rumours of the Cowboys coming back. I'd seen some Cowboys fans saying. However, especially if they go and take a certain Mr. David Ojabo, to have a New York Giants team full of Scottish guys come across and play Jacksonville at Wembley, that'd be fun to watch quite interested to see how that goes on and actually um it gives us a bit of a vested interest if certainly even with the two scotsmen that we've got there and graham gano and uh, jamie gillen but you know either way the giants haven't been over here in a while the cowboys haven't really either so um if you're right with your rules gordon then uh, certainly that could be an interesting matchup for the jaguars the jacksonville jaguars actually want to play baltimore um, because they, they think they're gar- no, I'm serious. They, they're they're guaranteed to win. So you watch out. You heard it here first on the podcast. Jacksonville Jaguars against the Baltimore Orioles will take place at Wembley Stadium. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, the Jags beat the, the, the Jags got a win. They actually won their game this year. So um, <laughs> they can point to that as the the, the moment that uh, Urban Meyer was briefly relevant as a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Did he stay behind in London and go to his bar afterwards? Well. <laughs> so the other ones to talk about, Buccaneers we touched on, uh, will be playing in Munich, uh, probably going to be against the Chiefs if rumours are to be believed. A lot of people on social media are grumbling about the fact that that is um, uh, a stellar game for them to get their first game, whereas sometimes London, it feels like some of the games can be a bit crappy. However, I guess the counterpoint to that would be uh, Tampa Bay without Tom Brady is not the same Tampa Bay that we saw play them in the Super Bowl. So that it's a Tampa Bay team that's going to regress, you would imagine, considerably. Uh, I think I, I heard that argument, and I think that's a bit petty, frankly, because Germany has probably been owed this game for quite a number of years, if we're being brutally honest, and they deserve a blockbuster game with a top, top team traveling. So, to yeah. Germany to play he, here, here's so, a trivia question. Hang yeah. on. I, so, trivia question: If Tom Brady had was playing, uh, have we had a quarterback play for two different teams in the London games or the the games overseas yet? So surely, surely, must surely, have Fitzpatrick, surely Fitzpatrick's been on. Oh, he must he, have played for about four teams here. I was going to say, you know, but I, I, and. I, and actually won a game, um, you know, because Brady obviously um, beat the, you know, beat the Buccaneers. It'd be great if he was still there and won a game for the Buccaneers as well. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Let's not talk about Tom Brady. But please. even even when we're <laughs> even when we're talking about games that we've had in London, though, I, I I feel like fine. Some of them have not transpired as we thought they may do. But you know, you go back to 2019. And you had Panthers-Buccaneers, which is a pretty decent NFC South head-to-head. Bears-Raiders was interesting because both teams were fine bubble teams, kind of in the middle, but both postseason contenders. Um, and obviously a really old, rich rivalry there that's got deep veins that run through the United Kingdom. Um, you know, seasons before that, there was some interesting games that got thrown up from time to time. The Seahawks-Raiders ended up being a bit of a blowout, but it was certainly quite interesting. We had Cardinals-Rams back in 2017 that was pretty good. Um, you know, there, there has been some decent games. And I think at the time we went back to the, the Steelers-Vikings game in 2013 was relevant at the time as well. Um, two well, not... No. No, but the two teams have no history of playing each other either. Yes. And neither, I think, I don't think either of them had won a game coming there. I, I, I fully understand that we don't get the great games narrative. 
I, I fully understand it, but let's get over ourselves. We are getting mm. games. And you, you make of them what you will. And sometimes they're good games. Sometimes they're not. I think what the people in the UK want to see is more of the absolute superstars. And you could argue that Germany's going to get that. But hey, that, that's just the way these things work. I thought last year's slate of games was the poorest slate of games that we'd been offered in a long, long time. But, you know, it's just the way it goes. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, okay, so moving on from that, uh, would Cardinals are playing in Mexico. Does anyone care? Nah, fine. I'm not planning to attend that one, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so we've started to touch on one of perhaps the biggest postseason conversations that's going to take place, and, and certainly ahead of the upcoming free agency period. There is once again a number of definite moves at the quarterback position. There's a number of rumoured moves. There's a number of anticipated moves. And then there's a number of teams who might stick with, with the, the best guy that they've got, even though he got injured halfway through the season last year. But he's recuperating and actually he's back running again, Paul. So, you know, he's, he'll be back for a week one. He'll be fine. Um, the... the <laughs> <laughs> the stories that we're obviously talking about here are quarterback positions. So what we'll do now is just get some general thoughts on where we stand with some of these stories, who we think will come in and take over, how do we see these teams going. Um, we touched on it at the very, very top here. Um, Big Ben, retired. Tom Brady, retired. Quest asterisk still next to that one. But let's start in Pittsburgh and let's start in Tampa. Where do you see these teams going next? Do they trade? Do they stay in-house? Do they pick someone up in the draft? What's the next best move for Tampa or Pittsburgh? Well, if you look at the two rosters without quarterbacks, if, so let's say Brady's retired and he's not coming back and Roethlisberger is, is gone. If Brady's which coming back, he's which, not coming back to Tampa. I don't think that's a stupid well, idea. I don't think he's going back to Tampa. Well, I think he'd maybe try. Let's, 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 let's park him for a yeah, minute yeah. Um, because look, we, we don't think he's coming back for the subject of this conversation. Yeah. The better roster is Tampa's, in my view. And I mean, depends the, on the, 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 the roster now based on who's going to be a free agent and who's retiring. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Chris, Chris God, well, listen, I, I never thought I'd hear you bigging up the Pittsburgh roster, but there we go. I, I wouldn't... Uh, this this <laughs> podcast I, turned me into the Pittsburgh apologist that I apparently am. If, if, you, if you are, a, let's say, for talking sake, if you were Russell Wilson and you've lever, leveraged your way out of Seattle, where would you rather go, Pittsburgh or Tampa? If it was me, I would be going to Tampa because the NFC is on paper easier to win to get to the Super Bowl. And it's warmer. And you're not going through the AFC North, which has now got the, the AFC champion Bengals in it. And it's got the Ravens in it. And it's got the Browns are in the playoffs last season. So the, the more attractive option is Tampa Bay. Um, and I think for us, I've read a couple of pieces suggesting that if Tampa Bay can't persuade Brady to come back, and it doesn't look like he's going to come back, then I think that they are intent on still winning now because they've got all the, the pieces really more or less at the table. Okay, they've got to cover for free agency and one or two will leave. I mean, if they keep, if they can keep Chris Godwin, then they've got the makings of a very, very good attack still in terms of scoring lots of points. And it's just a question of whether or not that defence can can play the level it did to win the Super Bowl. I would say that those two teams on paper have got they've got to look at trying to get in an experienced quarterback but Tampa's a better fit for for most quarterbacks who would look to maybe maybe move I think you absolutely nailed the reasons why Tampa's a better landing spot other than I think that the roster in Pittsburgh is stronger I think that it, you have a much harder division. You're you're bang on. That's the reason to avoid it. It's cold and wet up there in December. It's not pleasant. Whereas you can go play in Tampa and you can have lovely 27 degrees in your December games and, and have to worry about that. Um, and you're also, you, know, you don't have to go through Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes yeah. and Justin Herbert. 100%. 100%. Potentially. Justin Herbert? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. They, and the AFC is stuffed full of yes. really good teams and good quarterbacks, whereas the NFC has maybe got two or three tops. So you've got a far better shot. 
if you if you trade to an NFC team. That's why, I mean, there was a suggestion that Carolina were looking to trade for a big big money quarterback. Let's say for talking sake that Russell Wilson went to Carolina. Carolina immediately become, on paper, favourites to win that division, in my view, because I, I, they've got a good defence. I cannot believe I am once again on this podcast being forced to back up the Pittsburgh Steelers. Johnny Bailey's going to be sitting listening to this, rubbing his hands. <laughs> like, let, let's be realistic. The Pittsburgh Steelers, much as it pains me to say it, are an iconic NFL franchise. They've been around for a very long time. You know, there's an attractive proposition there in playing for a team like that. Mike Tomlin's a good coach. They've got a very good defense. You know, TJ Watts there that can cause havoc for the other the other team if you're the quarterback on the other side. You get to play in big games. Like there there is an appeal there. The you know, and and if the Bucks are not going to be the superstar team that they were when Brady arrived, don't know that it is quite the same slam dunk. Yeah, I definitely want to go and play there. Now, yes, you know the NFC South doesn't look great. The NFC in general doesn't look great, but I just don't know that it's quite the the destination it was a couple of years ago. It's interesting as well because both teams have got salary cap. Like looking at the situation as it stands, there's money to be spent. So the Bucks or the Steelers could go get a Russell Wilson, but I wonder whether or not they would be better placed trying to take somebody who wouldn't cost them as much, um, and getting someone. Like and I'm just thinking like Jimmy G. Um, I'm not sure Jimmy G's going to win you a Super Bowl. Um, although he has won a couple, to be fair. Um, but it's as a, as a backup. Uh, uh, yeah, it's true. Still got the rings. Um, when he shakes your hand, they're still there. Like you know, it's fine. But uh, I I wonder whether or not they would be better trying to to get a situation or someone like Jimmy. Uh, so that they can focus more on building the pieces around them. I, I think that Russell Wilson carries a, a, a heftier cap hit um, and will require more to get in the first place. If if you're going Jimmy G, you should, you should just draft a quarterback. If you're the Steelers, someone like Malik Willis, the guy from Liberty who looks like he's got a very high ceiling, makes a lot of sense. Same with the Bucks at the end of that first round. If it's Desmond Ritter, the guy from Cincinnati, or Kenny Pickett from... Pittsburgh, like there's there's quarterbacks there who okay, you don't know how good they're going to be, but they're not going to, especially if you're the Bucks and you're picking at the end of the first round, they're not going to cost you any money at all for four years, and you can then afford to resign the players you need to resign on that. And okay, maybe you're not a Super Bowl contender this year, but you're in good shape the next year. You know, we talk about the NFC being a little bit weaker. If you can get a, if you can hit on a young quarterback that you can then spend money around. You're in pretty good shape in the NFC for three, four years. Is there anything in the in the free agent list for quarterback that's worth... I'm, I'm going through it just now, yeah. and the first quarterback registered is... Jameis. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, then you I got hope... Teddy Bridgewater, for God's sake. I mean, Jameis is head and shoulders above any free agent quarterback out there in terms of the fact... First of all, he's a number one pick, previous number one pick. He has thrown for 5,000 yards. Okay, he's thrown for a, a zillion interceptions, but he proved in patches until he got injured that he could work within a managed game plan. And, you know, I said, you know, we wind you up, Paul, but I think you could do far worse than re-sign him, frankly. And if they're going to do that, the Saints, then I think that's a pretty wise move. If he doesn't, he if he goes to an offense where he is strategically allowed to be to almost to play in one of these Shanahan type offenses. If he played in an offense that is quarterback friendly, then he can prosper. I don't think there's any question of that, but there's nobody really out there beyond him. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has can, can carry a team to maybe six, seven wins, but he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. And there's nobody. I'm scanning down the free agency list now, and I'm down at 75, and there's there's no there's nobody in sight. From do, you, a quarterback do, you know, do you know who the hot name is though? And it's been rumored since the middle of last season as a guy who's probably going to benefit from a poor quarterback draft, in people's opinion, and a weak free agent market. It's Mitchell Trubisky. There are people out there who think <laughs> Trubisky's going to get himself a starting quarterback's job, a little bit of money. 
Uh, yeah. That's... The only other one is Marcus Mariota, who well, I think would be really yeah. interesting. Yeah, that, that's that's the one. You talk about who's going to pursue who. I think the Steelers will pursue Jameis Winston because I think that would be a good fit for them. Mitchell Trubisky is the other one that's on my list here, and I think you are taking an absolute flyer, especially if you think you've got a quarterback. You're a quarterback away. Marcus Mariota is the one that, if I was picking for the Saints, that's the guy I'd go out and get because I think he's got a huge upside. And I think when he's come in to play for the Raiders, there's been a lot there. And I don't have a pathological dislike of Marcus Mariota, unlike the way I do of Jameis Winston. So I would like to see him at quarterback. I think he's... I've been going through all the backups. There's really nothing in there. Nobody's going to take another punt on Andy Dalton, I suspect. Uh, you know, we've, we've all seen, you know, Tyrod Taylor. You know, we've seen that Teddy Bridgewater can play at the Saints and win a few games. I, if it was me for the Saints, I'd take Mariota over Winston, but I would have drafted them in that order anyway. Um, I don't think the Saints have got an awful lot of options. If they don't go for Mariota, I think they will get Winston back. Certainly wouldn't want to see Trubisky there. Um, do you take a chance because it's a first-year head coach in New Orleans? Do you take a chance in just drafting a quarterback? Living with Taysom Hill and drafting a quarterback, that's certainly an option for the Saints, but there's not a great deal out there. I think the biggest interest I've got, we've talked about it, is who do Pittsburgh go and get? Because the, the, as far as I'm concerned, the Pittsburgh quarterback is not in the building. I think they've got to make the move. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's obviously a number of names being circulated in the trade market. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers story isn't going away yet until he confirms where he's going. Russell Wilson, there's chat there. As much as we're getting ridiculous all-cap statements from his um, agent, the Kyler Murray, there's question marks what's happening there. Jimmy Garoppolo is available for trade. We know that uh, San Francisco will try and get something for him. But, I mean, there's there's names there that can be going got. It's just whether or not they're worth investing. And as Gordon says... Do they do they bother spending the money and chucking everything at it because their their roster is ready to win now, or do they get a rookie quarterback in and and give them a year or two to get to get good? Um, and that's maybe where a, a Winston pickup does make sense for the Steelers because you know you look at Jameis Winston and again you called him an interception machine, but you look at last season and of all the free agent quarterbacks who had over two hundred and fifty snaps, he has the least amount of interceptions. Um, and only two quarterbacks had more touchdowns than him. Teddy Bridgewater um, had 18 touchdowns. Big Ben had 22. But Jameis Winston played half the snaps of Bridgewater and a third of the snaps of Ben Roethlisberger. So Winston was playing well in that Saints team for, for the, the seven games that he played. There's no two ways. I think definitely you, we saw, right. Yeah, the fascinating, and this is where comparisons can be weird, but you look, Brady came in and immediately won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. But he was also doing that by throwing interceptions as well as throwing touchdowns. He just wasn't throwing as many interceptions as Jameis was. Yeah. Jameis proved in about six or seven weeks that he can run a structured, managed offense without throwing the game away. So I think he deserves another shot, whether it's in Look at Tannehill, though, right? So even that, Marcus Mariota was not performing in Tennessee, right? He wasn't. And they got rid of him because he wasn't good enough, right? So he's now sat on the bench at Las Vegas for two years and done nothing. But, Paul, you're advocating for him to come in where he was looked, you know, Ryan Tannehill made Marcus Mariota look bad. And Ryan Tannehill is not a great quarterback. But this is it. A quarterback in a different scheme can come in and do something very different. I think Winston was played very well behind that front, um, that offensive line, where actually the onus wasn't on him to throw the ball all the time. He didn't have a run game at any point that he was in Tampa Bay. The thing about Brady is Brady's a different type of quarterback. Didn't need it. Brady doesn't need to throw, launch it down the field. Um, whereas that's Jameis's kind of go-to thing is try and get it in the field, but there's no wide receivers in New Orleans. So he was using his running back a lot more. Peyton knows what he's doing. Good connection with your head coach. You're laughing. There's so much change in play in some of these places. And I guess for me, the Saints, the one thing I would worry about, and I mean, I would love Marriott in San Francisco. I would make him the backup to Trey in case things don't work out there. And then he's a very similar scheme type quarterback that could come in and do something and provide some cover, some expertise. Um, 
But I guess my worry for the Saints is under a new head coach, although he's already been in the building, it's still a new head coach who's going to do things differently. Then you bring in a quarterback that's not played for two years. Um, I don't know that that's a great outcome. And actually, you'd be better having someone that's already been in the building there. And I think that's why the Saints end up sticking with Winston and the Hill. And he'll put them in another battle again this year. I think that's probably where the outcome comes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be unhappy seeing Taysom Hill there for a year. I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd take Mariota first, I'd take Hill second if we were going to draft someone. I think, you know, Gordon's mentioned some of the names. I think what the one thing we've got to resist, and we see this every year, and it will start in the next couple of weeks. So you get Carson Strong, Nevada, Sam Howell, North Carolina, Mark Malik Willis, Liberty, Matt Corral, Ole Miss. Uh, you know, the guy from Cincinnati. So you're looking at people like that. These guys are going to get better and better and better over the next two or three months. And somebody's going to overpay in terms of draft position for, for one of these. Um, you know, and do the Saints, if one of them falls to the Saints, should the Saints pick them up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they gambled on Ian Book last year in round four. Don't think he's got it. Um, so, yeah, I think they would gamble. But I still think... The first person, the first place to fall is Pittsburgh. And if they sort out, everything else will go around there. I'm not sure if anybody can afford that's of Super Bowl winning standard, can afford Russell Wilson and the usual drama that comes out there. I'd love to see Russell Wilson uh, with the Saints. That would be great. Tampa, I think the thing that, again, the reason for not liking Winston is he was moved on by our divisional rivals because he wasn't going to win them a Super Bowl. How do we expect to win a Super Bowl with him under centre? That's, that, that's, the, that's the fan in me talking. So I I can see uh, Winston being re-signed and the Saints still drafting a quarterback in the first round, or maybe the second round. This is okay. not... if So I, I don't think we're going to see the progression that you alluded to there on quarterbacks in this class with maybe the exception of Willis out of Liberty. Because I think where everyone is on the rest of these quarterbacks is that there's nothing about them that wows you. Willis has got like a lot of huge throws, big downfield throws, and is a very good athlete as well. So kind of has that like I was like Josh Allen. Yeah. And that's and, and this is what you know teams have done over the last couple of years. Justin Herbert, again, was not this perfectly polished quarterback at Oregon, but could make big throws. Josh Allen at Wyoming, the same. Malik Willis is kind of in that same mold, but if you're looking for that upside, it'll be him. He's the only one I can see massively climbing up the boards. The rest, I think, people are going to be quite content just to, to sit there. And it wouldn't surprise me to see the Saints going round one. The thing is, every year there's a run, regardless of the class. Every year, a team let's say it, they shit the bed and they jump up five, ten spots. It's going to happen. It will happen. And actually that then triggers other teams and then you do get a run. And the, the question is, is the run worth it? And is the talent around the draft this year out with the quarterback position such that teams are prepared to wait? Because there's clearly a lot of very good defensive players in the, in the draft this year. But are they of the same value to the future of a franchise than a quarterback? No, they're not. You, one in a one in a million, you, you get an Aaron Donald that essentially epitomizes your franchise. The quarterback is and, the key position in the franchise, so you will see teams go up in the draft. And even even then, out. as as good as Aaron Donald is, he can't hmm. play quarterback. He's not that good. The, Correct. Yeah, it was. Well, I'd love to was, see him try. It, it was uh, <laughs> getting Matt Stafford to play on the opposite side of the ball that won yeah. the Rams the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. There's a, 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 I was reading a fascinating piece about a month ago talking about how NFL teams now are, I think Gordon maybe alluded to this in previous podcasts, they look to draft on offense and they obviously look to build via experience on defense and plug in experienced players. And that's why teams are moving up in the draft to get quarterback because they feel that they can give said player a bit of time to develop, two to three years perhaps, and once in a while, you do get an outstanding talent like Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow is an exception to the rule when you think about it, really. He has blossomed in year two. It takes until year, you know, Josh Allen only got to the, you know, only got to the level he's at at the end of year three, beginning of year four. You need that time to develop. So teams are prepared to draft and every team has to do it at some point. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if a 
the teams needing a quarterback will jump up, even though the talent's not that good. Uh, looking at the teams in the first round um, that need a quarterback, even. So, you know, let's look at the draft order. Jacksonville, Detroit, we think will obviously take edge rushers or offensive linemen. Houston yeah. at three, potentially, but still feels too early to take a quarterback. There's so many gaps in that team. They really just have to go, should go for best available player. Yeah, they, they'll they'll massage that somehow and make it work. Yeah, Jets aren't going to go. Giants, I don't think, spend a first-rounder on it. Panthers, is, I mean, have they just traded for Donald and already move on from him? So or? the the Panthers, I think, are definitely, because the Panthers realised after that season that that was a horrible mistake. Yeah. So I don't think Donald's starting quarterback there. Uh, the Giants might be way more interesting than people think, though, because they pick at five and seven. Five and seven, yep. Mm. So you get someone at five, and then at seven you take someone like Malik Willis because you've got those two picks. The trade they made last year gives them a little bit of room. And the, the interesting thing as well is the rumour as of a couple of days ago was that they are not picking up Daniel Jones's option. Right. At which point they very much are in the market for a quarterback. And when you look at the two teams immediately behind them in Atlanta who've got an ageing quarterback and Denver who God knows what they're going to do because they've got Drew Locke and maybe Teddy Bridgewater you would I mean, think that both I mean, of those think, are absolutely ripe to, to pick somebody. I don't I think, think, I think we all know. I think we all know who the Broncos' starting quarterback is going to be. At the start hey. Of the <laughs> hey, you go and uh, have a pancha karma cleanse and come back when you're done. <laughs> Uh, we, we'll have to make that a, a prize for this year's uh, Super Bowl competition, the NFL Scotland podcast, a bunch of karmic claims uh, administered o- by the member you... that you pick from. Yeah. <laughs> it's a facility of your only choice. If you have it first, yeah, you go for it first and tell us what it's like. I don't think Atlanta go quarterback first round. Um, Denver, absolutely, if they don't pick someone up. And Denver's the other conversation. If they don't get. Aaron Rodgers, do they make a run for somebody as as well? Do, do Denver go to Jimmy? Um, it feels like just more of the same for them, though. It doesn't feel like any kind of step forward in Denver with the the pieces around them. That's not that's not a team that's going to be bettered by Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the, 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 the Denver question, and oh yeah, um, Nathaniel Hackett's now the head coach. That means Aaron Rodgers might want to go there. <laughs> if you're in Denver, you um, you have got a problem for the next ten years because you've got Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert to go against twice a season. Now, so you, you either relish that-, that as a challenge, or you accept that you're not going to be able to match that because there are. They are two to- the top five quarterbacks in the league, arguably. If you- so you have to get in a- an absolute superstar stud like Rodgers, or you have to manage. So if you're Rodgers, if you're Rodgers and you're making that decision, are you going in there to win and knock these two young guns off their pedestal? Or are you going, I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to Tampa because that's where I can win. He can't win. He gets Florida. He never wins in Florida. <laughs> He's hopeless in Florida. <laughs> he needs to avoid the Niners in the postseason as well, so he wants an AFC team. Um, just having a look through the rest, Washington possibly uh, a quarterback. Yeah, they, I think they'll be they'll be going for a quarterback. But then there's, two, there's, a, there's yeah. two other quarterbacks in the mix here, right? That I wonder are they trade worthy candidates for a team looking to put somebody in for maybe not very much in the grand scheme of it and do something. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins, the Browns and the Vikings, do they look to move on? And do they entertain? I mean, I think the Browns would entertain a trade um, offer, but are there any teams there that would go trade for Baker Mayfield? I mean, he he was the first overall pick. Yeah. So, you know. He's got, he's, he's, he's in a not dissimilar position to Jameis, except that he's under contract. I think you would regard him in a similar vein. If you put him into a quarterback-friendly offense, which is what we thought Kevin Stefanski's offense was, then in theory he should prosper. But he had a huge step back last year. Now, whether that was because of injuries, we're only going to find out in September. But, uh, you know, he has got a lot of upside, but he's not... I don't think he is a generation-setting talent that maybe everyone in Cleveland thought he might be. I think the Browns will. I think there's a really high chance that the Browns take a quarterback at 13. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Beyond that, what are Philadelphia going to do? 
Do you think that they stick with Jalen Hurts or are they going to try and go in a different direction themselves? I think they'll stick because I don't think they've got too many options on that. Uh, I think the Minnesota one, we glossed over that slightly, but new head coach, you need to get off to a half-decent start. He cost you a lot. I, mean, I thought Kirk Cousins played really well last year. I don't think Kirk Cousins was the Vikings' problem. I'd I resign him. He gets, he gets. So presumably, though, there's like another contract extension coming for him because he's as good as I thought Kirk Cousins was as a quarterback last year. He's probably an even better businessman. The way he's oh, played yeah. out, the way he's played <laughs> out his career. I'll take that three-year deal. Thank you very much. None of the none of the long-term deals. So that by f- two years in, you're suddenly tenth highest paid instead of first. So is he is he good enough to elevate that team to a Super Bowl? Probably not. Which point, go and get somewhere on a rookie deal and see if that can help you. The Eagles, incidentally, have got um, three picks before number 19. So I wouldn't be surprised if they throw one of them at quarterback. No reason why See, I I think Kirk Cousins is in that Matthew Stafford mode. You know, if the Rams had gone for Kirk Cousins, they probably would have won the Super Bowl just as well. Um, I think he's he's more than capable of doing things, but well, he needs better better players around him. Well, um, that's why the Vikings signed him, though, because people thought he was like that in Washington, and he, he went to the Vikings on a massive deal. Obviously, after having be, he was tagged twice, I think, on the yeah. franchise tag, and then he went to the Vikings because the Vikings thought they had the defense and they had Adam Thielen and at the time Stefan Diggs, and he was going to lift them to the next level. And they got obviously to the, the divisional round. And it just didn't happen for them. So he's obviously got a ceiling, but I don't know whether... I mean, we, we discussed after the Super Bowl, there are a lot of teams that are playoff contenders every year. And the Vikings will be a playoff contender this year because they've got good pieces in the building. And I think if you were to lose Kirk Cousins, I don't think you can replace him that easily at all. I, I agree. I don't think there's anybody better for, for the Vikings around. I think Denver is an interesting conversation because, as you mentioned, what do they do against such strong quarterback competition in there? And I think Denver's best route is to ignore Aaron Rodgers and to go and draft someone. They need they will hit on somebody eventually that will be a star. And at the moment, I think this is, this is the time for them to do that. It comes down, I mean, there's a couple of things. You know, Jimmy G's available, where will he go? Because it's going to be Trey Lance this year, so he's out. You know, but there's very few... Can Mitchell Trubisky do what Ryan Tannehill did? Go somewhere from a bad situation or where you've not played well and suddenly become the quarterback that potentially people thought he was going to be. I know we take the mickey out of him slightly, um, but he's got potential somewhere that he it could work. I'm not saying it will, but, you know, is there a GM out there that's prepared to think, well, Ryan Tannehill did it. You know, we, we might be able to get this guy in the building, especially if you don't have a lot there at the moment. Carolina could go and get him in, they, you know, as another reclamation project. Didn't work out with Darnold. They could get him in there. Because the, the the NFC division that the Saints are in is up for grabs. There's not a, I don't think there's a great team in there at the moment. It's, it's interesting as well when we talk about rookies uh, and the opportunity to go get a rookie deal. So Daniel Jeremiah's uh, NFL draft prospect rankings version two have just landed uh, on the NFL website. So, you know, this is him going through his top players. uh, And as you work your way through it, the highest ranked quarterback is at 28th overall. Now, you know, it's Kenny Pickett. Just to put that into context, David Ajabo is ranked at 18. So David Ojabo, you know, having played a, a, a phenomenal couple of seasons, well, last season, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, but the development there, very raw talent. But, you know, the best quarterback is 10 places lower than David is. So there's no... Kenny, Kenny Pickett will go in the draft before David Ojabo. Yeah, I would agree. Mm, I don't know if that's true. I think it will, I, because I, I, I think teams want quarterbacks. That's, oh, it's the value of that position. Hang on, so position hang on. There's a steak dinner. There's a steak burger dinner. Burger time. Oh, Let's get the burgers going. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think David's a better player. 
this is not a knock on David, but this is what I talk about, the crazy time of March and April, where these quarterbacks get inflated and almost the GMs feel pressured into, oh, we can't miss, he could be the, the generational talent we're looking for. And, and Kenny Pickett will go before David Ajabo. Burger bet anybody want to take me up and I'm quite I'm happy. not I, I'm not I'm not taking any more burger bets until I get my my prizes uh, next time I see you I, from I'm going to watch that waistline <laughs> I think this is a post draft steak dinner right and the four of us are going out for steaks steak? the four of us are going to chop chop or something like that um oh, and other state restaurants are available are plenty of them <laughs> um and we are going to have a steak dinner and the the bill will be paid by who, whoever's lost this I think that I I'm going with the yeah, Jabo. You, you can quite happily pitch this one because you're not getting involved in this. Gordon, if you want to come and join me and have dinner bought for you by these two, a lovely steak. No, 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 you're not involved in this. Listen, this is me and Paul and Gordon having a debate. You're just as usual sitting on the fence. I'm not sitting. On the, I'm sitting. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm with Gordon. I think Jabo goes first. I think mm, that it's. A, I think he does. He's got higher upside and he's at a position that's more in demand, especially um, at the moment. I think that he. I think he. Goes hang, first. hang on. Hang on. I, mean, I, I agree with you that David Ajabo goes before Kenny Pickett. He doesn't play a position that's more in demand. Uh, no, no, Kenny no, no, Pickett no, no, plays right. quarterback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. Okay. It's it's a more uh, it's it's a you rich think... it's a rich draft for this position, is what I'm meaning. Do, like there's so many think... top, top, top yes. rushers in this one that that's the well, this is the, the draft theme. Uh, are these players that play the pass rush. Uh, and he's this gonna is, go because well, of that. Because they're gonna go off the board so quickly, they're gonna start getting snapped up. Whereas the quarterback situation uh, isn't the same. I've got a jabble before Pickett. So I've, is, so I've got two two points here, very, very, very briefly. One, I think we should create a Twitter account for our bets because we, we <laughs> lose, track. Get, uh, lose track. And Done. two, can, can, can we get an update on who owes what to whom and why and where it should be settled for last year? And this, ahead of moving yes, on to this year. So I, will, I, I would like that as well. I will reconciliate. I've still not got my bottle of whiskey from Mr. McGuinness either. So he, he could lord on all about all these burgers he's not got. He's no pain either. So there is there is a substantial food and beverage debt that has been amassed. And we'll not even bring Tony Brewer into this one because we're all due my burger apart from Gordon. Mm. Um, so we will get to that. Yes, let's reconcile and see where we get to. Um, okay, fine. Right, we've prattled on for a while. So we're gonna we're gonna finish up because you know there's an investment here with a couple of you on on this podcast. We're gonna finalize with two questions. Question one is: Is Aaron Rodgers at the Green Bay Packers or not when they come to London? And question two is: Is Jameis Winston the starting quarterback for the Saints in when they come question. to London or not? I have a third. I have a third question to chuck into the mix just to annoy Gordon. Okay. Do the Ravens sign Lamar on a long-term contract extension before the season starts? No. Okay. I, I think it's like a really complicated thing because he's like his own agent and stuff like that. So I don't think he will. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, I, think that, I think that's really. I think that's one thing that's not been talked about in the offseason because they're talking about Kyler Murray at the moment and they're talking about Aaron Rodgers. But I think Lamar is a really interesting one because he's been injured. And the way in which he plays his his football, it's a difficult one to invest in if you're if you're an owner and if you're a head coach. And they've got such stability in Baltimore, but he's shown so much talent. But equally, you do wonder what they're going to do and whether they're going to just sort of sit and wait and go. Hmm, I don't know what we're going to do. Fascinating, really, really interesting because he's got as much talent as anyone in the league. Yep, so. I think as well that like and. and... I don't I don't think the Ravens would go out their way to be devious with it. One of the things I worry a little bit about for Lamar is and maybe I'm not giving him enough credit here, but like there's been loads of talk of you know, is he gonna the fact that he's trying to negotiate this deal himself rather than having like an agent there to do it, is he gonna wind up with like a bad deal? And you know, it could be something that on paper is like, Oh, this best deal for a quarterback ever. But actually, after two years, there's nothing guaranteed, um, and I would hate to see that happen and then him to get to get injured. But yeah. I, I don't really think that would happen. I think, and I think if the Ravens think he is the guy for the next five years, I think they'll try and pay him. I just, I just think it like it feels like it would have been done by now if it was going to be done before the season. 
Um, the, the other thing with that, though, is that it does free up, like any contract extension frees up, I think, something like 15 million in cap space, in all likelihood for the Ravens. So there is reason for the Ravens to want to pay him more money. Well, to answer Cameron's questions, yes, I think we will see uh, Rodgers in the green of Green Bay. And yes, I think, sadly, we will see James Winston in the black and gold. Charles? Oh, I want Jameis in New Orleans. It's not what you want. It's not what you want. It's about whether you think it'll happen or not. Oh, I think it's it'll not. happen too. I, I have faith in the Saints hierarchy to ignore Paul's um, lack of wisdom and make the right decision. We all want to see yeah. Jameis gifts all season. I can't wait. And I think that would be a very smart move. In terms of the diva, um, I think... Is well, he he was on Mac, Pat McAfee last week, and he said he's not made his decision. And they've got the issue of Devontae Adams, who is in all likelihood, unless they sign him on a deal between now and March the eighth or whenever the the um, the transition tag um, that the, the tag window ends, he's going to be put on a tag, and that's a problem for Adams, which means it's a problem for Rogers. So. I my gut is that he'll be back because the way in which they've talked about it suggests that they're in much better, calmer waters than they were this time last year. But I'm at peace with the fact that he might not come back. I'm at peace with it because we've seen it last three years, them get to a point and then the team as a whole has imploded in one way or another. If he doesn't, if he doesn't come back, I don't think. I think he might retire. That's the thing. I think he might do. I don't think he's going to go to Denver, and I don't think he's necessarily going to go to Pittsburgh or anything like that. I think he's either in Green Bay or he retires, and I would lean towards the fact he'll be in Green Bay. Yep. Yes to Rogers in Green Bay. Uh, no to Jameis in New Orleans. Oh. I've always liked you, Gordon. You, you, <laughs> you tease. Um, can, can I just say what, what, one wild card on this? If you don't think Rogers is going back, is obviously, and we might touch on this in the next podcast. The broadcast booths are spinning mm. in the NFL at the moment, and there's a couple of really big openings potentially. You know, I don't know if that's Rogers' thing. He obviously has got television, uh, you know, presenting Jeopardy. I don't know if he'd be any good in a booth. Um, but you know, Aikman moving, Joe Buck potentially moving. Uh, you know, th- there's all sorts of spinning going on in television that might appeal to to somebody like Brady. Um, you know, might appeal to Peyton. You know, th- there's a whole lot going on. But Aaron Rodgers might be vain enough to think he can go and do you know what Tony Romo's done. You just don't know. Uh, I mean, he likes broadcast. He's on the Pat McAvee show more than Pat McAvee at the moment. But that's just one of these things. I don't think there's any chance Rogers retires. And the reason for that is because Brady's just retired. And Aaron Rodgers will pick a time when the only talking point is that Aaron Rodgers has retired. Or by far the biggest talking point is that Aaron Rodgers has retired. So for that alone, I don't think he quits it. Um, Do I see him leaving Green Bay? I think it's highly unlikely. I think he stays because he's safe there. He knows what he's got. It's his best chance to win. I don't think yep. there's another Agreed. location where he can go and have a better chance to win. He And he also, know, he knows that he wants to play in front of us at Tottenham in October. Yeah, and we're all going on the road trip because you've paid for it. And there's, there's all the attention <laughs> of all of that to come where he can come over to the UK and be an international superstar. And he can lap it up and enjoy every second of it. He is in an easy division where there is no real competitive uh, fight from any of the teams in there at the moment. uh, And that's not going to change this season. So therefore, he is pretty much a stick-on for the postseason where he is. And all he's got to do is hope he doesn't face anyone decent um, on a defensive or the point of view, or the Niners, <laughs> or the Niners, <laughs> I'll let you say it. Uh, Jameis, I think, is an interesting one. I think I would give him another go because I think he did play well. I think he really played well. And with Michael Thomas coming back, he could play really, really well. Um, however, it's a new head coach. He might want to go and get his own guy in now. Could be interesting. I think. I think there's there is definitely way much higher chance of um, Rogers being in Green Bay than there is Winston at New Orleans. Um, I I would like to see Jameis Winston 
playing for the Saints in London. I'm sorry, Paul. I think it would be it would be brilliant. It would be great. It's, we'd all enjoy it. The content on this podcast alone would be worth it. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to sit on the fence on this one because I genuinely don't know. No, I'm not going to sit on the fence on it. I'm going to come down on one side, and that side is that James Winston will still be there. He will still be there. He may not be the starting quarterback, but I think he'll still be in the building. <sighs> well done, Cameron. I'm, I'm proud Let's of you. Let's pray it. Okay, any other talking points before we wrap this uh, postseason quarterback waffle up? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the broadcast stuff next time round, but I think it's very, very interesting. Um, and I do not like the NFL taking uh, the Thursday night football to Amazon. I think that sucks, but that's just me. Yes, we will cover all that. There's plenty to talk about in the postseason. We've obviously got a, half an eye on free agencies. It comes. We've got the Combine coming up in the next week, so we will uh, be watching David's uh, performance there with uh, very eager eyes to see how he gets on uh, and we'll get together again soon to to natter some more on some of the headlines coming out of that but that is the full time whistle for episode 185 thanks for taking the time to listen to this please continue to share your thoughts on social media at Scotland NFL search for NFL Scotland on Facebook and if you listen to us on Spotify and you're listening to us right now on Spotify and you're on your phone you can now give a rating to the to the podcast we're not saying give us five stars. Give us whatever the hell you think we deserve. But we'd love and you give your rating. individual members of the podcast certain ratings. Uh, we might get to that because we still need to do our end of season awards. So that's another one to stay tuned for as well. I'm going to go into Spotify immediately. <laughs> uh, we'll be able to track it. Don't you worry. Thanks to everybody who listens to the NFL Scotland podcast, continues to do so. The wise men of the NFL Scotland podcast are going to gather in the same room at some point, enjoy a little bit of food, perhaps some alcohol as well, and talk about the future direction of the pod and what we're going to do to keep you entertained over 2022. But for now, my thanks to Gordon McGuinness, Charles Patterson, and my sidekick Cameron Hobbs, and myself, Paul Mitchell. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. 